0: Coming up this week on Breaking Badness Today we discuss You're a pull the rug out from under dark market Next up Looks like we've sprung a solar leaks And of course our fun game Two truths and a lie With that Breaking Badness is next Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 72, recorded on January 14th, 2021. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, whistling in the solar winds, LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad, I prefer leaks with two E's, Anderson. And last but not least, Tim, dark marketeers can go to Helming. Wow. Welcome. Welcome, both of you.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. It's good to be here.
0: (laughs) And just you might notice that we're recording a little earlier than we typically do. um, But we we have the joy of celebrating a long Dr. Martin Luther King day off weekend with our company. So we're just making sure you still have an episode this week, but it's just happening a, a tad bit earlier. So I'm sure quite a bit will happen between when we record and when we publish here. Um, when you're listening on on Wednesday, so just wanted to call that out um, and express my concern with the dual meaning of Tim's intro. Yeah, so let me just to...
1: let me just make it clear <laughs> that I don't mean they can go to me for any sort of aid or assistance or comfort or anything like that. I uh, am not interested in assisting dark marketeers.
0: <laughs> I have to admit, every time. Maybe it's it's just the the syllable count, but whenever I see something that fits the Hot Pockets jingle, I want to say it in that in that tune, and so I just want to keep saying dark markets. But um,
1: I'm sure all the listeners feel the same way.
0: Okay, I'm glad to hear it. Another fun one to do that with is Activia. I will say, and it's uh, I have a friend named Olivia, so I always say Olivia. And it's it's funny. we, we I
1: clearly don't it. hear enough commercials because <laughs> <laughs> these got right uh, by me.
0: That's probably healthy. That's probably for the best. I don't know what it says about me that I have all these jingles memorized. But here we are righty Well, let's get started today. And so I'm going to start with our first article, which is Europol the rug out from under dark market. Um, so Europol announced a wide ranging investigation that led to the arrest of the alleged dark market operator and the seizure of the marketplace's infrastructure, uh, including more than 20 servers. So Tim, yay, first good news on the information superhighway. But before we begin, can you provide some information about this illustrious dark market?
1: (laughs) Sure. So this was considered to be the largest illicit marketplace on the dark web, and people on it sold all kinds of things. And you could probably pretty much guess what those might be, uh, pharmaceuticals, um, counterfeit goods, counterfeit money. And by the way, when I saw that one, that surprised me a little bit. I mean, you know, you can't just run off, uh, money on your inkjet printer anymore. And I'm sure there are people, uh, that can do pretty good counterfeits, but the anti counterfeiting measures are. Uh, really good these days. So I was a little surprised by that. It's harder to get away with it, but, and plus who uses cash these days? Anyhow, uh, they were also selling credit card credentials and I'm sure lots of other stuff beyond that.
0: Tim, did I tell you I saw some counterfeit yesterday?
1: I don't think you did.
0: There was someone, yeah, there was someone checking out at the grocery store and, and they were just complaining because they had to wear a mask.
1: Uh, actually, I thought you were going to say you saw Holly. Uh, for all of you in Radio Land, that's my boo, as it were. Uh, <laughs> she passed a counterfeit twenty a couple uh, a couple days ago, and uh, she didn't realize it. <laughs> the uh, store person said, uh, "This is fake." <laughs> she was kind of embarrassed, and she said, "Yeah, throw that away. I've got another one."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm
1: I'm just expecting the you know, FBI to show up at the house any minute now.
0: I'm sure your intro will help with that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I I noticed that Europol included some figures on how, let's say, active uh, the dark market is. So can you share these figures with our audience to demonstrate the impact of this win for Europol?
1: Yeah, you bet. So here are some stats for you. Uh, About 500,000 users, more than 2,400 vendors, over 320,000 transactions and I'm going to just pause for a second on that one that that was from Europol's release and I have questions is that transactions per year or per month or per day or all time. But anyway, they uh, also claim that it's moved more than 4,650 Bitcoin, which translates to a dollar figure that's fluctuating so rapidly I can't give it to you, Uh, but they do claim that the total value of all this is in the neighborhood of 140 million euros.
0: That's a lot of buckaroos, Darius. I think that's the technical language. Um, Correct. That's what
1: central banks all over the world use. (laughs)
0: It's it's the one apples-to-apples apples comparison across all currencies, so I, I think it's I, – I always appreciate when people approach it that way. Anyways, I'm just curious. Obviously, that's – again, this is just such a huge win, and I'm curious, what are Europol's key objectives, and why was this initiative coordinated by Europol themselves?
1: Well, Kelsey, they don't like bad guys doing bad things. I mean –
0: well, gee. Okay. Yeah,
1: okay. I'll, I'll be less flip about it. But if you're in the shutting down crime business, this was some prime crime ready for prime time. And that door is now closed. That ship has sailed. That Elvis has left the building. That boo has ghosted. But anyway, when you have an illicit marketplace doing this large a business, you obviously want to shut it down, whether it's in cyberspace or elsewhere. But there's more to it than that, too. Europol doesn't just want to shut down this particular operation, they want to hone their ability to shut down others as well. We know, obviously, this is far from the only marketplace uh, of its kind, and it's a sure bet that Europol and uh, other law enforcement agencies are targeting many, many more of these.
0: Tim, we've officially reached a lifetime goal for this podcast, which is to hear you say the word boo twice in one episode. And and it ain't even Halloween. It was beautiful, very well done. Thank you for providing that context. And I'm just curious who was behind this key investigation and how did they go about coordinating their approach?
1: Inspector Jacques Clouseau of the Securité. No, (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) it was not (laughs) Peter Sellers or anybody else, no. As things EU are intended to be, this was a team effort. Uh, The arrest of the Australian guy who seems to have been running the thing was done by the Central Criminal Investigation Department of the German city of Oldenburg. Uh, But the investigation itself, the one that led to that arrest, was done by the Koblenz uh, Public Prosecutor's office and uh, the shutdown of the servers for dark market was supported by the German Federal Police. Um, Europol uh, itself helped to coordinate uh, all of these efforts. They provided analysis and intel and personnel. Uh, they also wrote the press release. Apparently,
0: isn't that what the kids say? Press release or didn't happen? Do I have that right? I'm
1: pretty sure that's. What I it started with a P anyway.
0: But I don't know, with TikTok, maybe that's not what they do anymore. Maybe it's not what they say. Maybe set a press release to music or it didn't happen. To a sea
1: shanty, I think, these days.
0: <laughs> so what resulted from this investigation?
1: The, uh, the process of shutting down Dark Market involved seizing and turning off, uh, as you mentioned at the top, uh, more than 20 servers. They were hosted in Moldova and Ukraine and obviously that uh, arrest.
0: Excellent. Wow. Just rapid fire, Tim. I'm just grilling you and you're just coming prepared. So <laughs> my final question is- I for bring you. the goods,
1: Kelsey. At least I try to.
0: You, you do. You really do. And they're not counterfeit. They're the real goods. They're the real thing, Tim. <laughs> so what does this mean for the future, not only of the dark market, but for the future of the dark web marketplaces in general?
1: Well, the future of dark market is not too bright. They uh, They're not going to be wearing <laughs> shades there. But in general, we have to keep in mind that this is a giant game of whack-a-mole. There are countless other dark markets. They're ticking along just fine. Chad is probably lurking in some of them. And I'll say that's for good reasons. Uh, and uh, actually, Chad, I'm sure, is not dark uh, lurking in them, but some avatar that he may or may not control could be. Uh, this may have been the largest, but of course, that doesn't mean that This accounted for most of the actual volume of illicit goods and money. Uh, Those operators of dark market that don't get arrested, um, and unfortunately, probably some of them won't, uh, especially the folks down in the rank and file, they'll undoubtedly just focus on either putting up new marketplaces or expanding ones that already exist. Um, Underground markets, I think it's safe to say have existed uh, pretty much as long as there have been markets. Um, But on the positive side, like I said, Europol and the law enforcement agencies that it's assisting, they're all getting better at this, and that's a positive. Uh, We just have to hope that they're getting better at defeating these things faster than the criminals are getting better at their OPSEC.
0: Man, well said there, Tim. I appreciate you thinking about this from a larger perspective. And I'd be curious to get both of your hoodie ratings. And again, that hoodie rating is from zero to 10, sort of playing off that cliche that is the hacker persona. Um, zero meaning we're, we're in pretty good shape and 10 being um, something something terrible has happened. Um, we're still in 2020 feeling is the 10. So, Chad, I'm going to start with you. What would you rate this at from a hoodie rating? For And we have, of course, the goodies, which is the warm cookies of the rating system.
2: So you're telling me that I should rate how bad it is that this market was taken down,
0: <laughs> or I guess how good. It's I mean, all a matter
2: of perspective, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh,
0: Tim and I don't want to bias your approach here to the rating system. <laughs> um, uh, but
2: uh, yeah, I you know I would say this is probably. Uh, I, I mean, this is one of those things where. Um, you know, the, you take out the main player and then it uh, just shifts to the next one over. There's, there's a dozen markets just sitting there waiting to take over um, the place that dark market had filled, um, you know, and, and probably another dozen scam markets just hoping people come looking for a new home so they can steal their Bitcoin. So, uh, you know, I would say this is probably like a, a three out of ten. Um, As far as uh, worrisome goes, um, you know, the new things will crop up. The dark market was kind of interesting in many ways because um, we know this is false now, but on their website, they claimed they were the only market that was run entirely by women, um, which is something I've spoken about uh, elsewhere on like uh, NPR and things before when we were talking about um, dark markets with them. Uh, another thing is that they banned the sale of fentanyl and um, uh, high-grade prescription opiates. They also banned um, certain other dangerous drugs, explosives, firearms. Um, those sorts of things from sale on their market, which the next markets may not be um, as, uh, you know, apt to do. Um, So it's just interesting. I actually wonder if it's a little more dangerous in some ways if um, the majority of that commerce um, and trust and security gets shifted over to a new market that allows for the sale of uh, more dangerous things.
1: Dark Market brought to you by criminals who care.
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay. yeah right it is funny it's its own um if you spend a lot of time going through all those markets there's just such a um uh a different view of ethics um i don't know how else to put it but it's it's a it's a broad range you know
0: do they have corporate responsibility pages up at this point
2: i mean they kind of do have that equivalent sometimes in their like in their policies that they post on their page it is uh you know, it's not to the the level um, that maybe we post our corporate values on her website, but it is kind of close.
1: But, you know, they claimed that they were run by women. The person arrested uh, the Australian dude who is arrested seems to put the lie to that. So uh, the takeaway here is that you can't trust criminals, I think.
2: True, true. And I mean, you mostly can't trust Aussies, but anyone who has been to, you know, anywhere abroad um, and stayed at a hostel knows that.
0: Could you say that the dark market is going under?
2: <laughs> yes. mate
0: <laughs> Night. All right, Tim. So to be clear, Chad, you had that at three hoodies. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, like it's just the pocket of a hoodie and it has a little baggie of drugs in it.
0: Oh <laughs> All right. What do you think, Tim?
1: I'm gonna just sort of flip it around and go on the goodies scale. But interestingly, I was thinking of the same number. Um, you know, I think it's great that uh, this action was taken. Any of these markets getting shut down is overall a good thing, and I I agree with the kind of caveat that Chad made that. Um, it could embolden or strengthen some of the other ones never a good thing but i do think that with the um, improving capabilities of the good side of things here that there's definitely some good to this um it's i mean it's hundred percent a great effort like don't let me understate that it's um, it's a great thing that this was done but uh, is it does it mean that there's going to be a huge drop off in illicit Commerce uh, on the dark web?
0: No. Oh, I tried to be positive today. I really, I, I tried to bring that. I hope we got some positivity <laughs> with this article. But you're both right, and thank you for for digging into the realities of the circumstance and what it may or may not actually change when it comes to the the old dark web. Um, but let's move on to our next article, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really frank with our listeners. I'm worried I'm going to run out of puns here very quickly for solar winds, <laughs> So um, you might see and hear these getting worse and worse. Please feel free, please, you know, under no obligation, but please, you know, you're somewhat responsible if you would like to send good puns that you have in. I will accept them with open arms and use them in our podcast. Um, but we have, oh, sorry, go ahead. Did you have a thought on that?
2: Aren't your puns always constantly getting worse? I feel that it's the the deg- it's like, the pun degradation is like it's it's, it's like the heat death down. of the
1: universe, right? It's just yeah. devolving into entropy.
2: Yeah, it started out very bright and it's slowly turning into a black hole.
0: My takeaway from that comment, Chad, is that at one point you liked the puns. And that's what I'm going to take away from this conversation. Yeah,
2: I still do. It's just I know that we're on a destructive course now.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's accurate. Um, Well, here's here's our title for this week. And then it's it's all downhill from here or continue. We'll continue to go downhill. Um, looks like we have sprung a solar leaks. Um, so it was reported in previous weeks that Microsoft's investigation of the SolarWinds hack discovered that hackers appear to have compromised some of their internal accounts and had viewed some Microsoft source code. So Chad, what have we learned and who, who broke this news?
2: Yeah. So it turns out these guys have the source code to Minesweeper. It's over. It's so easy to win now. Was it Clippy? Yeah, is Clippy Clippy the insider threat? They've got Clippy (laughs) was the insider threat. It's uh, (laughs) that's good actually. Um, He's uh, everywhere. Uh, But uh, so Jake Williams, um, commonly known on Twitter as Malware Jake, uh, dropped a bunch of screenshots on the twelfth of a site um, and some communications with um, people claiming to uh, be wanting to sell SolarWinds data, Microsoft source code, FireEye Red Team tools um, and calling themselves SolarLeaks.
0: Oh, boy. Well, what did good old Malware Jake, also known as Jake Williams, include in his key takeaways? He always does a great job. I always highly recommend folks follow him on Twitter. Um, but what else did he say?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he almost always has good takes that are worth paying attention to. But. Um, His his main takeaway is that this looks to be like a Guccifer 2.0 bluff. So you may remember uh, a Russian state-sponsored organization faked being a Romanian hacker who used to go by Guccifer um, when they leaked the DNC data. Um, and the other you know, thing here that you point out, this is like a shadow brokers-esque kind of bit of uh, offering to sell the data from their exploits. Um, it includes Windows source code, Cisco source code, SolarWinds source code, FireEye source code. Um, but outside of that, there really isn't more to be deciphered yet um, from it until more has come out.
0: Hey, Chad,
2: mm-hmm. d-
0: do you know what a hacker's favorite vegetable is? A malicious one, to be clear, not mm. you know, not white hat.
2: Grandpa. Um, no, I I can't think of it. I really, uh, I just I'm so curious, and I just want to know a leak. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it'd be some kind of skitty joke, um, but uh, I'll take I'll take a leak. <laughs>
0: Well, for those who don't want to click through on the podcast, um, what, what did the, can you describe, I suppose, the image that Jake Williams shared in the tweet to his audience? But again, in just to be clear in the podcast, you can click through on the article and it's actually going to send you directly to that tweet. If you want to see it with your own, with your own two eyes. Mm
2: -hmm, Indeed. Uh, So there's, let's see, they want $600,000 for windows source code. Um, they're claiming that they have 2.6 gigabytes of it, which I don't know if anyone here has ever installed Windows. Um, maybe they haven't, uh, but that is definitely not even close to the size of the Windows source code. So maybe they have Minesweeper, uh, maybe notepad.x, you know, which is uh, calc.x, everyone's favorite. Um, so there's, they're also asking for 500,000 for Cisco source code, quarter million for SolarWinds, um, and 50,000 for FireEye. Um, I feel like FireEye is worth way more than that, uh, which is a little rude of them to you know, put them so low. Uh, but anyways, they're also doing a bundle. You know, oftentimes, um, you know, it's like kind of a bogo for this kind of stuff. But if for just one million dollars, uh, which sounds like a Dr. Evil joke, uh, all of this data can be yours. And they claim they'll give you a bonus as well.
0: Chad? I know I know you want I know you want to do an impression of the doctor evil bit and I want to give you that space to do that if you'd like
2: hmm uh well uh one million dollars i it just feels a little <laughs> a little lame um do I, it, Chad. yeah I, <laughs> I just want to sing to you, Kelsey, like mini me uh
0: so (laughs) never hesitate these make for great fodder when i'm editing it's even more joyful for me to go through and pull it out and be like in case i never or ever need something from chad i'm gonna put this file here this is some good blackmail here we go perfect just extort with these 12 audio clips (laughs) if tom hanks was ever in austin powers though
2: honestly i think tom hanks would have been a vastly better austin powers we'd be on like austin powers 15 by now (laughs)
0: oh my gosh well what do you think is this all a ruse do you do you believe this is true
2: uh that's that's really difficult Uh, you know who can say really Uh, i keep being increasingly shocked by stupid internet crap every day right now um all bets are off you know uh (laughs) so um my gut though is there probably is some interesting data here jake williams had a good point about uh which he mentioned later about how all the data is commercially interesting, but there's none of the intelligence value um, of what they're offering, you know? So nothing from any of the government organizations that are breached. And that's kind of intriguing. Like uh, that that kind of points to like, maybe there's trying to make a quick buck off the corporate data, but like got all the intelligence data they wanted. Uh, but it also is quite a lot of work to go through. You know, there were like three stages Um, to that exploit before they dropped um, cobalt strike and begin moving around the network. So um, it's hard to say, I'm guessing the the ruse here is um, whoever they are claiming to be um, that that, that's not who they actually are. And they're just hoping to get someone to pay top dollar for this stuff.
1: I would also say, I don't know if it's out of the question, but in a, in a sense, if they do in fact have what they're claiming to have, then, That would lend credibility to the idea that if they have that capability, then um, lends more credibility to the idea that they have the capability to get those uh, government goods. And it's just a matter of time before they'll be exposed as well.
2: Hmm.
0: Hmm. That's a good point. Something to ponder on. Yeah. Well, has Microsoft made any public statements on this particular matter?
2: I haven't seen anything from Microsoft um, on that reporting. They did admit earlier that the SolarWinds hackers did access their source code, however. Um, so it is possible.
0: I think we'll be getting a statement from Clippy later. That's my, yeah. that's my belief. That's my Our forecast. man
2: inside. <laughs> Have you experienced a security breach? Do you need help?
0: <laughs> but it would be smiling, which is good like thing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> it looks like you're being hacked. Yeah, yeah.
1: It looks like you've been moaned. <laughs> would you like help with that <laughs> by oh, the way i you know people hated clippy so much and rightly so that they just nuked it immediately but actually you could turn clippy into different things there were a variety of different personas and they, wow. some of them were a lot less annoying than clippy and one of them was a dog who when you deleted a file he would whip out a blowtorch and torch the file which i thought was kind of funny
2: I preferred the Wizard avatar. That was my uh, favorite one. Lots of spinning and stars and whatnot.
0: Spinning and stars and whatnot. (laughs) Wow. I'm learning a lot Spinning and stars sounds like a
1: band from the 90s. (laughs) Yes.
0: Probably Seattle band, too. Um, I hate to admit that. I really liked Clippy. I didn't want to change it. I don't know if that's going to make you two think less of me, though.
2: If anyone from the Google Docs team is tuned in, please give us a Clippy all of our own. You're, you're edgy there, Kelsey, we always
1: respect edgy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Chad, there have surely been more reports since this news broke, which upon this recording is just one or two days ago. But are there any other takeaways you'd like to share or interesting hot takes that you have seen across InfoSec Twitter?
2: I just saw one I really liked from uh, Joseph Cox over at Motherboard. Found a hidden service version of the Leap site. And it was misconfigured um, so that you could get all the Apache um, like server data and see um, who was touching the site. And it also linked it to another clear website. So you could see all the IPs of um, who was accessing it. And uh, that was, that's pretty awesome. Um, outside of that, a lot of the takes are just split on whether or not this is a cash grab or to be trusted. Or, you know, lots of people seem to think that we're looking at the actual actors um, due to that tweet from Jake Williams about the intelligence data. Um, but uh, yeah, this all just it's all speculative, um, and we've just got to wait further on this one. I always hesitant to um, you know, pull out my jump to conclusions, Matt. Oh,
0: what an excellent reference. I just did a presentation actually yesterday for some college students. And I showed the gif of Office Space where it's like, what would you say you do here? And I asked them to raise their hands if they'd seen that movie. And there were, like, three people that raised their hands. And I was like, yeah. this has aged me. But it's such a good movie. I <laughs> feel so like funny. in
2: a world now of open offices, that like the kids will never understand what it was like to work in a massive cube farm. Um, like, <laughs> <it's just> <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of enjoyed it compared to the open office plan, if I'm being honest. Bring back cubicles
0: bring the cube that's you know more more edgy more takes ahead.
2: here on breaking badness <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: this is some good highlight reel stuff for sure i think um,
2: tim that the cubicle would help with stopping the spread of all of the coming um viral meltdowns that we're gonna have you know we need like a big glass barrier uh, like each cubicle has like its own suction and uh air system
1: Pray to Cubicles, the Greek god of
2: uh, Squares.
1: <laughs> isolated despair.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, I thought please. you were going to say of Isosceles, but that's fine too. Nice. Yeah, oh,
0: is- yeah. <laughs> that was acute. Um, well, Chad, I'd like to take a step back from my final question for you here and think about the overall impact. So this SolarWinds hack, of course, continues to unravel as we learn more about its implications. And this seems to have reestablished important conversations about supply chain attacks. So how much of the impact of this hack do you think continues to, to lie under the surface?
2: Hmm. Um, I'm going to skip using any iceberg metaphors. Uh, but <laughs> supply chain attacks are a, a huge problem, right? And uh, we're talking about this a lot lately, how we just blindly trust so much software in our daily lives. And that's not just what we run on our networks, but it's also the open source libraries that we all pull in um, and are using creating so much of our software. We've seen NPM be compromised. We've seen, um, you know, Python's pip um, have uh, compromised packages and I should say NPM compromised packages, not NPM itself compromised that I know of, certainly possible, Um, but no one, Writes their entire stack from scratch, uh, so there's just so much trust involved. And, and you know, some people may say I write all my own libraries or whatever, but the the underlying things are still you know opening some uh, you know either Microsoft uh, libraries or Windows library or sorry or Linux elves or something. Uh, but we'll we'll continue to see more from this. Um, if anything i'm guessing that attackers are reading this news and thinking sure why not i'll give this a try see how many places i can get into if i compromise jenkins or some other build server you know um see you know what i can compromise if i um take over one of these companies that offers up monitoring for all these other big companies Uh, luckily for a lot of these attacks you know, um, without some serious financial backing like nation state, uh, it takes a lot of patience um, that like cash grab, cyber crime, generic actors don't usually possess. Um, so I think that's what's kind of protecting us from a lot more of this now. Um, but there's it's just a matter of time before another one of these big breaches where we find out that, you know, the Python requests library that everyone uses to. Um, interact with APIs has been compromised or something, you know, I just, it's it's uh, bound to happen.
0: I know that it might sound like I just can't get over this conversation around Clippy, but imagine if Clippy was still around and been compromised and it's like mm. doing that little grin and like jiggling for a second to get your attention and it says, you should enable those macros.
2: Mm, Download man. that
0: file. Yeah. Execute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> i am trying to remember i do believe that i have seen a clippy image in a maldoc before that was saying enable macbrows like it wasn't you know in motion it was just like a static jpeg but i i am almost positive that i have seen that and i i will check my notes to see we can include that in the show notes if i if i remember that uh, that dot
0: we're gonna see a steganography attack with a clippy image here soon i think yeah. on this podcast that's my 2021 prediction <laughs> yeah. looks that's like you're easy. having
1: i was gonna say looks like you're having trouble opening this emphatically not malicious attachment
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i was gonna say clippy is actually the persona that i use on am all the dark forums that i monitor um to I go back to tim's it. previous comment and he gets you so many places you know people are really willing to let Clippy in. I'm like, it looks like you're trying to buy a firearm, you know, and they just <laughs> open right up.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let's let's do our hoodie ratings here for this one in particular. So, Tim, I'm going to start with you. After hearing Chad give us some great info here, what would you rate this at?
1: Well, you know, it all depends on whether this is real or not, right? Um, I mean, if this is a uh, ultimately a false claim, then it's a hoodie rating of zero or one or two or something. But let's say for the, I'm going to base my hoodie rating on the idea that this is legit and they do have the uh, source code. And if that's true, then I'm going to call this like a eight because um, again, because it's not just the FireEye and Microsoft um, code that they've got. It's the implication of what that means. That's uh Broader, so uh, if assuming it's real, um, I'm I'm putting it at around at least an eight. Who knows? That might be too low, but that's where I'll go.
0: How low will he go? All right, Chad. What do you think?
2: Um, you know, I would also uh, go with an eight. Maybe too high, but I have to try.
0: (laughs) All of your hoodie ratings must rhyme, or you will be charged with a crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the new rule. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for your your helpful information here that you've provided, and we, we must prioritize our weekly shenanigans, which is Two Truths and a Lie. Um, not dissimilar from the Two Truths and a Lie game you all know and love, but rather than talk about ourselves, we will be providing three article titles, and this time it will be Tim, two of which are true and which is a lie. Uh, one of which is a lie. And then Chad and I are going to do our best to read Tim's mind. And there's, of course, a point system. So, Tim, take it away.
1: Well, okay. Uh, boy, it's been, <laughs> it's been an interesting week to say the least, but uh, here we go. So, uh, first up, Intel says, why bother with that uh, expensive, fancy, error-ridden AV? We've got processors that have ransomware detection built into them. Number two, Firefox disables the backspace key in order to uh, avoid data loss. Why not? What could go wrong? Or number three, the FBI trying to remind everybody that not everything it's doing is uh, related to uh, attempted overthrows of the government, warns of a new mage cart campaign.
0: Wow. Hmm. Gosh, these are so good, Tim.
2: Firefox disabling the backspace sounds so ridiculous that it has to be real
0: hmm
2: <sighs> i'm gonna lean into it i'm going for it
0: you shall sandberg that
2: yeah backspace that's the that's the fake i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna regret this
0: <laughs> you can't backspace your way out of this one chad
2: yeah um... but i can alt f4
0: <laughs> tim what was the second one again was the, that the, the Firefox
1: was the second one. The uh, first one was Intel saying, hey, we can detect ransomware in hardware.
0: Is the jingle ransomware inside?
1: <laughs> it it um, should
0: be. <laughs> I'm going to go with number one for my my lie guess.
1: As silly as that may seem. <laughs> Actually, you guys, the lie was about the FBI. They warned about a new Egregor campaign, but they didn't warn about a Magecart campaign. No, those other two things are oh. true. They're true. Intel backspace. does say that they can detect ransomware in hardware, and Firefox, in fact, did disable the backspace key to prevent data loss. Uh, mm. So, <sighs> It's been a weird week, I tell you.
0: I please hold. I am currently calculating what this means for our score system here because i am disappointed i felt i had a firm lead but it is being taken away quite quickly
2: well luckily you're in firefox um and you can only add points
0: (laughs) that's right sorry tim um due to the nature of the article itself i i can't i'm sorry it's just not gonna work
1: oh my gosh it's self-defeating
0: I was worried there'd be more shenanigans here after uh after Chad's um just wonderful tomfoolery last week. Hmm. Anywho, it it appears that I am just a touch greater in points than you are right now, which means I've got to really bring my game next time when I do two truths and a lie. Um, but this is this is a close round so far. So just again, keep an eye on that on the um the entry if you want to keep up with the score and binary there. But anyway, thank you both so much. Um, again, there's probably lots that's going to happen since we've recorded this when it comes out on Wednesday, but this was so much fun per usual and everybody remains safe and um, don't trust Clippy. Mm-hmm.
1: No matter which avatar it is, even if it's it cute, don't trust it, especially now.
0: And that's your actionable advice for this week on Breaking Badness. (laughs) But
1: enjoy all those free Minesweeper games.
0: (laughs) Now we have the answers. Isn't that right, Chad? Yeah, it's true. Mines aren't going to sweep themselves. All right, everyone. Well, we'll see you next week on Breaking Badness for episode number 73. Thanks and have a wonderful week. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.